Network presents a treat that's all trick. A nightmare that never ends. Help me! He came back to finish what they'll never forget. How do you kill what's not alive? Donald Pleasance. Jimmy Lee Curtis. The broadcast debut of Halloween 2. The night he came home. A debut network special presentation coming up next. Welcome back to Reconcinimation. I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we're checking out how they hold up today. Do they still work? Do they not work anymore? What do you, know, what, what do, you guys think? Uh, so today is a very special day, obviously. Of course. It is, it's Halloween Eve. It's, it's Shocktober is almost over. Shocktober. And... We just rolled right through Shocktober. What a great yeah. month we've had. Great month, a lot of great films, a lot of scary outfits. You know, I change, I have a new costume every day in October. Um, today, I'm the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I love it. Everyone's frightened of me because I've built a miniature city that I like to crush mm-hmm. uh, all through my office. I, I like to really get into it. Uh, so, but we're going to end the October in a big way, I think. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is the one we have to do. This is, uh, I think this is going to be, become an annual thing that we do because, you know, first we started with Silver Bullet, we hit Tremors, we hit, which is, you know, people argue whether that's a horror movie or not, but we're calling it a horror movie. It belongs. We did Invasion of the Body Snatchers last week, and what else could we do but um, the next installment in the Halloween franchise? Oh, that would be... It's Halloween, Halloween two? 2. Halloween oh. 2. Like yeah. T-O-O also. Halloween 2? <laughs> what is that? Like Teen Wolf? Yeah, exactly. Teen Wolf and Mannequin, right? T-O-O? Question mark? Is Mannequin 2 a T-O-O movie? I don't know. I think so. I just call it that. It should be. Mannequin 2 on the rocks? or That's Arthur 2. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. every sequel should be on the rocks. They all, yeah, exactly. They're Halloween all... two, on the rocks. On the rocks. Die Hard two on the rocks. <laughs> well, yeah, you could maybe you could argue that one. <laughs> it could have been. Um, yeah. So last year we took we took a look at both the original Halloween and the uh, the updated version, Halloween twenty eighteen. Uh, hmm. So let's let's just keep going right along and make this uh, a recon cinema tradition. With Halloween 2 this year. Yes, because you demanded it. I demanded it, yep. You, you know, yes, you, specific, not the fans, <laughs> certainly not me, <laughs> but you demanded it. But we're here, and this is it. We're going for it. It was organic. I, I, it was organic, okay? It was uh, just had to be. <laughs> there was no plan? It just happened? Is that no, right? No, just, uh, just popped in there. What? Uh, <laughs> just popped in there. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Come on. <laughs> so Halloween 2, 
Do you have any uh, early? I mean, I'm sure you. No, nope. I'm sure you've seen this so many times. No, nope. the first time I saw it was within the last week. That's it. That's my big story on the Halloween two. Go ahead, your turn. What did you hear <laughs> of it though? Was there any like as your? I'm sure some of your pals were maybe Halloween fans. Was there any? What was the feedback that you heard as you grew up about it? Um, you know, I might have, and I think I mentioned this on a previous episode that there was the, the three franchises were talked about the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Halloweens and they each sort of had their own kind of um <clears throat> you know uh, reaction mm-hmm. whereas like the most sophistic- sophisticated one was kind of like uh Halloween the one that had the best scares was Friday the 13th and then Nightmare on Elm Street was like the funny one <clears throat> yeah like yeah. for the most part and um and I'm I'm I remember them friends telling me there's there's differences like, oh, you know, Michael Myers isn't even in one of the movies and it's about witches or something. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees isn't the original killer of the the series. All these things. So they all there was sort of this weird mythology, but I avoided all those movies because I was not interested in them at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. Uh, especially as Halloween kept sprawling forward over the decades. Um, it was just something I ignored. So I had no real knowledge of what it was or I don't know. I didn't care. But what a time to be alive. What a time that the 1980s, man. So Ooh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> what, okay. What a time. Reaganomics. You betcha. Oh, the best. <laughs> <laughs> I ran Contra. Um, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, there was uh, quite a competition. It felt like throughout the '80s, and and you know, it, it had pretty much died by the early '90s. But that Freddy versus Jason versus Michael Myers uh, by the late '80s, I, I that was definitely getting into these movies. I hadn't seen all of them. I had only seen some, but uh, me and my friends would always, you know, debate who would win in a fight, who would survive, and how you could defeat each one of them and uh but michael myers was always always a favorite of mine was he your top dog if the three of them were to go oh yeah yeah he's he's really he's my top dog i don't know if he would actually win the fight but okay. uh he's, your he's the one i i i think is the creepiest and the scariest of them all freddie's just a joke guys freddie is just especially after the first one he's just pure comedy he's got those claws though those, he does have the claws, and you, know, you can't go to sleep. So, yeah, he gets you in your dreams. That's not fair. Yeah, but least, I actually, I actually didn't see Halloween two for quite some time. I, I kind of always knew of it, and I think I had seen it. You know, pieces of it on TV. Uh, you know, I'm sure the TBS, the Superstation, must have ran it a bunch of times around Halloween. You know it. Eight oh five. Ten oh five. Eight oh. Got to be the five. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I didn't actually see it till it was the summer of 95. And I was with my friend Damien. No relation to the the omen. No relation. No relation for sure. Totally different spelling too. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I swear. Great. (laughs) Uh, We were, we were like on, we were visiting his uncle's house in, in uh, somewhere in New Jersey. And we were, spending the night on his uncle's boat and Jesus we were like 15 and Mm -hmm. his uncle 
went off. I don't know. We don't know where he went. He went off uh, somewhere and left us kind of alone. We ended up renting Halloween 2 and Disclosure. Mm. Remember that movie? Disclosure with Michael Douglas? Michael yeah. Douglas and Demi Moore. Demi Moore. Oh, that was yeah. a sexy movie. It was. A, yeah. <laughs> Involving uh, rape. So. Oh, is there, I'd never actually seen it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler alert. She <clears throat> rapes him. So Got there it. you oh. go. Now oh. you know what it's about. Okay. Um, so. so anyway, we watched, uh, we watched Halloween 2 on the boat like by ourselves and even though we were 15 it still definitely creeped us out especially like not really knowing where his uncle went and that we were a little bit on our own uh it was it was uh, it was a good time it was fun but a little creepy at the same time i can imagine so i mean especially summer 95 you guys probably went to see Batman Forever in the theater together that summer. We tried Just, to see. We actually tried to see Crimson Tide. I think it was that night, and uh, they would not let us in. Oh, uh, R rating, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so you know that's a very offensive movie. Yeah, very, very. Uh, <laughs> we could not have handled a lot of that. <laughs> we could not have handled that movie at fifteen. Yeah, of course. No way. But you're ra- you're allowed to rent. The rape movie yep. and the slasher film. Yep. Oh my god! Yeah, hey, it was cool. it was Jersey. It was Jersey. What are it you was Jersey. Do? Yeah, you figure in Jersey they would let you in to see Crimson Tide. You would think. I think we just got a particularly, uh, you know, I don't know, just someone who wasn't going to let us in. So a vigilant person. Yeah. looking over. Yeah, I get but it. we we opted instead of sneaking in the theater, we went to the video store and rented uh, rented those movies. That's cool. That's but cool. I loved it. I mean, I loved Halloween too, and um, uh-huh. I, I, you know, right from the Mr. Sandman, the opening with uh, opening and closing with that song, I thought it was, you know, just the right amount of creepy. I don't know if there's uh, really like any depth to the reason of the song being in the movie, but um, yeah. it just set a tone. So, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, it's uh, it's. It, this was not. Uh, this isn't exactly what I expected for me. And as we get into it, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll you know. I'll point out why. But it was. Uh, I I didn't even realize. I mean, you had told me like you know it's this basically the same night. But it's yes, it's it's the exact same night as the first movie. So mm-hmm. it's a whole other story. I felt like I was watching like the next episode of a twenty four season. <laughs> like oh, here's a bunch of stuff that's happening really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the intent. The intention was. To well, before we even get to the intention of the movie, let's let's back up and talk a little bit about Halloween itself and and how big of a movie that was and what an impact that made in in the entire horror horror genre. I mean, it changed everything. Back in seventy eight, yeah, it was a a huge reaction to that movie for a long time. It was the most successful independent film. Um, I, I mean, I think it held that. I want to say until Blair Witch uh, hmm. may have surpassed that, but uh, that's a good run, uh, and it it influenced so many people. It, it really sparked the slasher genre, and and we did cover all this in our Halloween episode, which you can yeah. find back in year one in the archives, www.reconsideration.com. Yeah, uh, but it was a career maker for John Carpenter. 
and Jamie Lee Curtis and, and gave a big boost to kind of a stagnant period of Donald Pleasance's career and uh, a lot of money coming in and a lot of opportunity. So Halloween, which has, you know, was is absolutely one of the most creative horror movies out there, spawns this tidal wave of slasher films the vast majority of which are just pumped out to get in theaters and get teens in there and and recoup money and make as much money as possible yeah a make few there's a few yeah there's a few diamonds in there mm-hmm. but uh, uh for the most part it's um it's just a, mo- a money grab really yeah make it cheap make it fast make it fun the kids will come Mm-hmm. Um, which I th- I think those are lyrics to a song at this point. I don't sure. know. Should be and yeah. <laughs> uh, and why not? I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with some disposable cinema. You know, things that that entertain the masses, bring people in, and you know, everyone has a good time. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's it's kind of par for the course for the whole industry. I mean, yeah, there had always it had always been some kind of phase, whether you know in the 50s and 60s you had a massive amount of westerns being made and mm. and uh that was i think kind of similar that there's just an incredible amount uh so you're you know a lot of them are not going to be good and then there's some some great ones but uh as far as carpenter goes you know he was a he was a hired gun for halloween he was you know he he looked at that as you know he was hired to make a uh Originally, it was going to be called the Babysitter Murders, and he was hired to write this story. It evolved into what it what it became, and he was ready to move on. He's he's never really been big on on making sequels and you know following up uh, some of his films. Although he has done it occasionally, it's you know that that story is meant to be a standalone story and to to you know work on its own on its own merits and. So uh, the movie's really successful, and and the producer, executive producer, Erwin uh, Yablins, immediately wants to make a sequel. While at the same time, Carpenter wants to go off and make something different. So he ends up uh, negotiating with another producer uh, from Avco Embassy, and that was Robert Remy, and he uh, to make the Fog. It ended up mm. being a, a lawsuit between. Yablins and Remy and uh, that left Remy able to you know release the fog with Carpenter but the the catch was Carpenter had to had to have some kind of involvement with Halloween too hmm. so Carpenter was to, to get so they 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 made they struck a deal with him like yeah. okay we need you to make Halloween too we need mm-hmm. you involved yeah. So so what? Him and Deborah Hill wrote it again, and yeah. Well, and, and while while this is going on, they make the fog. They make Escape from New York, yeah. and uh, you know he's already writing the thing and and getting you know getting that off the ground. So he does not want to direct this movie. He you know he's is pretty adamant that he will you know step in when needed and he'll help with the you know writing of it, and then you know once once it's shot, he'll. You know, take a look at how it's cut together, but he did not want to direct, did not want to be on set. So they hire a direct, another director named Rick Rosenthal to kind of step in and take the reins. But the the idea is that 
this is intended to be a direct continuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's set the same night. It's it's meant to have the same feeling. Uh, it should look very similar. Uh, they did not want to have it be like a completely separate movie. There, ideally, it was going to be one two part movie. Yeah, that's what it. And I can I think for the most part it's there. So it's fascinating that that was it. Like it seems that seems pretty. Uh, innovative to like it's the sequel it's literally this the first movie never ended it's everything's continuing oh yeah a a big part of that is is they got a lot of the crew back and they've got dean cundy who's the uh, director of photography and that was a really key person to get back there yeah for sure and obviously we bring most of the surviving i think all of the surviving cast actually comes back so you've got, uh, you know, you've definitely got continuity from one film to the other. Yes, of course. Well, it's just the three people, right? Is it? Uh, yeah. Well, you've got like hot, you've got Jamie, the you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, you got Donald Pleasance, yeah. you got Charles yeah. Cyphers, yeah. who's Sheriff Brackett, yeah. and you've got uh, Nancy Stevens, who's the nurse in the very opening scene with uh, with Doctor Loomis from the first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. pops back in there, and then you've even got uh, uh, Nancy Loomis, who mm. you know returns as a dead body this time, but she's she does technically return. I see. Okay, got it. Got so, it. Yeah, but and it's funny. They are, the original idea for this sequel was going to be set in a high rise apartment building. Like years later, that Ooh. you know, Michael had escaped, and then years down the road, he's finally found Laurie Strode, and she's living in this, you know, in this in a big city and in this high-rise apartment building, and basically the same kind of things would happen, but that that would that was the original setting. Oh, okay. So they 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 saved that for Poltergeist two, three, Poltergeist three, three. Poltergeist yeah, three. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they made sure to save that idea, pass it off to an entirely different franchise. Yeah. And they made it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Would that have, what do you think? Would that have been uh, a better way to go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's better. I think that's, uh, it's, it's a way, it's a way to go, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, this was kind of cool that it was it, it, a direct continuation that it doesn't stop. Um, yeah. But it does, it almost makes the first one feel so, I mean, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't know they were going to connect them, I don't know. It's just like they, they stopped them. Like the tension was there and then yeah. it, it, it ended. And then, uh, no, nope, no. Nope, and then Laurie spends most of the movie in bed. Like, you know, it's kind of, which I, I was disappointed on that. Like she wasn't, I get you like for the setting, you kind of have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And you, you have scenes with her, but she's just in bed. Like she's just there. Uh, well, all this other stuff goes on and, um, yeah, but I, I get it. Like I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it, it's a, a good choice. It's, it's an interesting, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's kind of a cool setting having it all like 90% of the movie take place in the, in the Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. You know, it's, it's a hospital in a small town, essentially. So, you know, I, I always had, I always kind of took issue that it was, this hospital is so empty. Yeah, there's but nobody there. Uh, yeah. But I'm like, it's not Chicago. It's not ER, you know? No, of course. It's a yeah, small yeah. town. How much do they really have coming in and out? 
you know, overnight. So I, I gave him a pass on, on it being, you know, almost like a ghost town in there. Well, and I mean, something like that, it's not set in the emergency room, you know, it's set into a place where people are admitted. So it's mm-hmm. quiet at night. There's not a lot of activity. You only have one or two nurses. You only have a couple of nurses on, on uh, you know, on duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just funny that it takes place on a floor where I guess there's a, a, a nursery and <laughs> a bunch of patients just in their own rooms. Yeah. Uh, and like just like one or two nurses are, are, are running the whole thing. Like and if someone doesn't show up for work, somebody's going to die. Like it's, yeah. It's <laughs> Jesus. It's really <laughs> you're really playing with fire here. Like, <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> but it was it was so it was so um, there. <sighs> Yeah. Well, we'll get it. We'll get into it. Yeah. But I, well, I, I find it interesting of like, uh, like the, it's, I think, I think really conceptually it's a great idea. I don't know if fully it was executed the best way it could be, but, uh, for, you know, but Michael gets to shine again on this in, in new ways, uh, which was interesting to me, but yeah. I yeah. Well, a, a lot, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, a lot had changed between when Halloween one is released and Halloween two is being made. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this, you know, in, massive increase of slasher films, partially led by Friday the 13th, which you can also check out in our, our archives at www.reconsidimation.com. Yeah. Uh, you know, that gives really pushes the door down for just, you know, as much as I like that film and I think that is a good film, so much of what followed is just kind of trash and, you know, mostly mindless and just mm. gore for the sake of gore and everyone trying to top themselves with how gory the movie is and how violent the, the deaths are. Yeah. I mean, in the first Halloween, you have a grand total of seven deaths including two animals and one at least one off-camera human so that's that's really like not a lot there and the murders themselves are you know not gory halloween is not a gory movie not really no no not at all you're right i mean a lot of it is what the genius of halloween is what you don't see and that you don't need the blood to make it disturbing the way these people are being stalked and murdered. Right. Right. By this point for Halloween two, it's all about how gory, how bloody and how violent the, the murder scenes are. And it's funny because after I watched it and I, and I, this is coming from a 2019 lens. I'm like, that movie isn't even that this movie is kind of these, a lot of these kills were kind of meh. But and then I'm I'm rereading reviews and like people and then re, re, recounting the scene. I'm like, oh yeah, actually that was kind of gory. Oh, that was kind of more intense. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Like that's way more than they ever did in the first one. Yeah. So, <laughs> especially like a lot of eyeball shit. Yeah, there's some weird eyeball stuff. <laughs> like ah, which freaks me out to no end. Like the idea of eye injuries uh, in general uh, uh, kind of puts me over the top. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I mean yeah, and that's meant to make you feel that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not alone in that. But <laughs> I mean, you got people being stabbed in the chest with butcher knives, throats being slit, uh, a hammer to the head, being strangled with a cord, drowned in, in a boiling hot tub, right? stabbed in the eye with a syringe, injected with air bubbles, uh, 
you know, all the blood drained out of you. Uh, yeah. st- stabbed in the back with like a scalpel and lifted in the air. You know, it, it's just, it's really, um, you know, it, it's much more gruesome than the first film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just, there's so... And I don't know what it is, though, because I think a lot of... I don't remember how much the soundtrack played into, like, during these death scenes that I felt like maybe I wasn't as... I don't know. I wasn't as engaged as I could have been because this was so scary. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there was something amiss in the edit with the soundtrack, with the how tense it was that like, even though these are gruesome kind of deaths, I was like, I don't know. I was just still sort of like, mm, you know, that's all right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I you're mean, not, not, I don't know. You're not like as emotionally committed to the characters. You know, you you don't really get much time with them or any reason to care about them. That's true, too. Yeah, I don't care about these people. And then they put themselves in dumb situations and then act stupid, and then they get well, themselves killed. Exactly, yeah. And and that's also part of what's going on is, is you know, this is, a, this is almost a... <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but this is almost less of a sequel to Halloween and more of a needing to stay up to speed with all of the other horror movies and the bar that it's been set at and moved to. Yeah. It's a reaction to that. The more than a, a, a genuine, uh, you know, coming from a genuine place of creativity, like the first one did. Yeah. Well, and, and it is this, uh, like I would say there are two, I only have two deaths that I kind of, I like the most, like the, like sort of like I mean you just mentioned a lot of like a lot of the deaths like and it might be early to ask the question but like what is your what's your favorite death of this film like what's in terms of execution and style and all of that do you have one that's sort of like oh that's like that's my number one uh well I kind of like the ending okay sure <laughs> the, 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 shooting the the big explosion the explosion, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, explosions are cool. <laughs> uh, be, besides that, I mean, I, I think the um, I would have to say the syringe to the temple uh, would be a, uh, the winner uh, for me. Yeah, and so the nurse is like, yeah, behind her eye, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah, like in, that was you know injecting an air bubble into your brain. I think. Yeah, um, I liked. I would I would say probably the best one. <laughs> The best death isn't even Michael as it doesn't even involve Michael Myers, which is where a cop runs into oh. uh, runs into oh. what's his face, Ben Tramer, the who just and just and it not and the car explodes like Oh my just, god, that is I forgot about that one. The sad sad story hit. the sad story of Bennett Tramer. <laughs> yeah, like unbelievable I mean it's so like horrific. Like just you this dude walking in traffic and just gets I mean it's such a great stunt. It's such a great effect. Great explosion. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. Like oh my god. Like I didn't count. I didn't expect that. Um, and it has nothing to do. It's just one one bad driver, one cop who just can't oh my do god. It. And it, it just and and he crashes into the back of a van and and creates an explosion. That, oh yeah, it's that, it's you're absolutely right. That is a, a fantastic. I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably oh, if, the anybody, best death. If, if anybody needs a biopic it's ben tramer <laughs> yeah well and as uh, people are saying it's like well the new halloween of 2018 resets the timeline so ben tramer's still alive he gets to live now i mean ben, ben tramer's, tramer's alive i hope so, maybe we'll see him in the next one 
maybe he'll, apparently he was mentioned in the he was mentioned in the new movie because as a friend of somebody. Oh. Like, so, so they were saying like Ben Tramer was even referenced in the new reboot or the sequel boot, and uh, I'm like okay, this is it. Ben Tramer gets to gets <laughs> he gets to live. Yeah. <laughs> ben Tramer's but, um, back, baby. But the uh, probably the the Michael uh, related death that I liked. I pro- probably the nurse uh, nurse Alves Alves mm-hmm. Al- Al- where she's just drained of her blood. I mean, the what the I think what the worst part is we didn't actually get to see the setup of that. We just find right. her dead, right? Because that would have been amazing. Where he ends up just like the psychological terror of like her of her being like sort of tied down, and then him putting the syringe in her. To make her bleed out and knowing yeah. she's going to die. I mean, that, now that is some psychological terror. Like, yeah. That would have been amazing to see. <laughs> I don't like to see that. I mean, none of this, none of this is appealing to me. But that would have been good. Like, to find the result, they, they did it, they, they went like halfway to it. Like, mm-hmm. really creative death that you only saw the aftermath of. Whereas the, all these creative deaths, you see, in the, see them as they go and it's like, Oh, he put a scalpel in someone's back and lifted yeah. them up. Like, oh, it's, it's kind of a cheap, it's a cheap kill. A lot of these kills are cheap. That nurse, that nurse Alves kill, was awesome. That's a that's, that's a creative. That's a, he took his time with it. Yeah, like yeah. that's some psycho shit. Like, I don't like it. It's terrible. But if you're gonna like try to st- stun me as an audience, or you know, as a as a watcher, that's a pretty good one. You could have well, you could have gone the whole way. Yeah, and that and that's such a, a good point about the first movie is how psychological it is, and that's the magic of it. Yeah. Um, you know the way he would plan these out methodically and and execute them, and how he, you know, this was the first time that a killer would you know set the bodies up in a in particular places only for the the hero or heroine to find them, discover them all in the last act. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of mindset is, uh, you know, would fall in line with this a little bit. Do you think, I mean, it's unfortunate we don't have our director uh, of the Voorhees Institute, Brent, here with mm-hmm. us today. I, I think he's on vacation. Couldn't, you know, he does his own thing. He mysteriously, he mysteriously disappears around Halloween every yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know what it coincides with, but he's certainly off doing his own thing. But like if you texted him right now while we're doing the show and asked him what his favorite kill is of Halloween two, do you think you'd be able to get an answer from him while we're talking about I'm it gonna right live now? I'm gonna live text him. Live text him. We're live. talking Halloween two. We need the director of the Recon Cinema's Voorhees Institute. To weigh in because this is his bread and butter. This is mm-hmm. where Brent lives. He he's and, at an he's at an undisclosed location right now, uh-huh. and you know every year he comes back after Halloween. He just does not want to talk about it. <laughs> Whatever like, he was doing, like hey, how was your October? He's like, nope, not nope, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, no worries. Uh, was it? Were you all right? Everything good? And he's like, not gonna say a word. Like, Oof. He takes October very seriously. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Let's see. He uh, he. God knows where he is right now. He's off. Uh, I probably getting some new material for the institute. Some new uh, installations. <laughs> for sure. There's going to yeah. be lots of things to cover. Yeah. Um, but uh, with all this, and I mean, I don't know, but with all the returning people, the continuation of the story. Um. Wh- who did? 
did the the guy who plays the shape did he come back uh no actually and that was that was part of what i think is lacking and i want to i want to kind of talk about like what works for this movie and what doesn't yeah Um, okay nick castle from who played the shape in the first film was the perfect body type you know we talked about it on that last episode uh or last year's episode of halloween he just had the right stature the right height you know shoulder width of you know really to to match that character and it was so such an iconic look and by this point nick castle also wanted to move on and he's uh, you know, starting his directing career, which would really take off with The Last Starfighter a few years later. Oh. Which is funny because that ends up tying back to Halloween 2 because because of when he watched Halloween 2, he like fell in love with Lance Guest and cast him as the lead in The Last Starfighter. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I've been meaning to watch The Last Starfighter for the first time for like years. Oh like, my God, it's so much fun. I know. I've heard such things. I'm like, oh, this is the movie. This is one of those 80s movies of my youth. I never oh, got yeah. around to. I, I just saw it for the first time. I don't know. I guess it was like seven or eight years ago, but uh, oh, okay. it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally enjoyed it. Oh, cool. That's cool. So, yeah. So, Nick Castle is ready to move on and not play. You know, I don't think he wanted to get typecast either as this character. Sure. Um, so they end up uh, working with Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who's uh, his producing partner and kind of other creative half at this point. Uh, when they were making Escape from New York, they uh, hired, or I think it was Dick Warlock was uh, Kurt Russell's stunt double on that film. And they had a great, you know, great relationship and they offered him the stunt coordinator role for Halloween 2. And that quickly evolved into him just playing Michael Myers as well. Oh, I see. But it's a different, it's a different, you know, he's a different height. It's a different body type. Yep. And I think that's been a problem with the Halloween movies, especially is that you get, it just, nobody has been able to capture that, that look like Nick Castle did, Mm -hmm. which was so great that he came back for the new movie. Yeah, I at mean, least for parts of it. So, oh, did he not do every on screen? No, I mean he didn't do the action scenes. He's an older gentleman now, so right, right, right. You know, well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, but for him and his movement and everything, I mean, I was creeped out in that that in that remake or that sequel, mm-hmm. that yeah. new sequel. I really, I think it's. Uh, I'm a big fan of that one. I I I kind of want to see. Halloween again. I haven't I haven't watched it since we saw it last year. Oh yeah, give uh, it a shot. I mean, yeah, there's going to so be an onslaught of it next year when the new movie comes out. That's right. Halloween kills. It, no, Halloween no, kills. kills. And then Halloween ends. And Halloween and they'll never end it. it won't, no. They won't end it. No, nope. <laughs> not if it's making money. Um, but yeah, like so so yeah, the so if the lack of Nick Castle, you put mm-hmm. in that in, in the doesn't work column. I mean, yeah. I uh, Warlock does his best, but he's not—he's not the original, you know. It's, mm-hmm. You can t- and you can tell the difference. Yeah, and it's a—you uh, know—it's—it's it's kind of a tough spot to be in because they're setting it immediately after Halloween one, so it, there's an expectation. There's no break for the audience, so it, you know everyone would expect it to be the same tone and the same kind of energy. Yeah. 
Uh, whereas if they had, you know, set it years later, I think psychologically it's like it is it's a reset button. So you can tell a new story. This yeah. is because of the continuation factor. You know, it's all the same night. It's just moved. Lori has been taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital and Michael Myers eventually tracks her down there while the, you know, and, and begins his killing rampage through the hospital while Dr. Loomis is still trying to hunt him down through the, the town of Haddonfield. Right. Yeah. With various uh, police officers and uh, characters, you know, uh, accompanying him on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about, you want to talk about what, what works first or what doesn't work first? Well, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be kind of neat to kind of, let's go back and forth. Let's pick okay. some, like, so like, you know, what's, what's something that's stunning. Ooh, hang on one I, second. Oh, sorry. Hang on one second. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. All right. Sorry. Sorry about that, everybody. My phone just kind of went bananas. Um, and I had to make sure I address, I have a lot of fans. People tweet at me. <laughs> And I, I ha sometimes it's just it gets overwhelming. But well, especially yeah. when you you constantly give out your personal uh, cell phone number to <laughs> any fan that comes up to you. Yeah, hit me up. What's up? Um, oh, I got, I'm getting a, a, a text back from uh, dir director Hutchins, and he's going he with the death in the hot tub. Ooh, hot tub death. Hot yeah. tub death. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a. Uh, okay, I get it. It's pretty vicious. It's pretty. I, I gotta yeah. say. Well, it's like she, she's drowning and getting her face melted off at the same time. Yeah, I mean, pretty horrific way to die. Yeah, uh, uh, I can I can see that. That and that is that's one of the more animated, more engaging kind of murders. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. going on there. Uh, I get it. Cool. All right. Yeah. So we're all and over you, the place on our. You certainly our see everything with that with that death. So. You see everything. You see it all. There's a lot uh, to see. Anyway. All right, so I'm going to say here's something that works for me. I think it was smart to keep the uh, the point of view shots. That was a sure. thread of continuity that matched the first film. That mm -hmm. you know, right away when it you know the movie begins with the ending of part one, mm -hmm. with an alternate take on P Donald Ple or Loomis's reaction to after he shot Michael Myers. Right. Yeah. So they had yeah. talked about doing two, two versions of it, where you know he shoots Myers and he runs out to you know out the front door and he sees the body is gone. There was one take where he was shocked and like surprised that he could have survived that, mm -hmm. and then another take where he he kind of knew it. He kind of knew that Mike that wouldn't have stopped Michael. I see. So in this, you know, they they used one in Halloween and they use kind of use the other one in in Halloween too, and immediately after that, you cut to Michael Myers' point of view as he's kind of wandering the streets, and you can still hear Loomis in the background, and you hear Sheriff Brackett pull up, and he sees them like down an alley, mm -hmm. and you know it gives that same. I, I think that they did a good job with that of keeping the same sense of, as the original. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it, there's a, it's a short like one um, that we had seen in the original we'd seen. I'm sure, I don't know if it's a signature of all the movies, but I've only, cause I've only seen the original, the 2018 and now this one. Mm -hmm. 
where there's a signature wonder where Michael is, you know, sort of rampaging or moving throughout his environment um, too. And it's, it's that, yeah, that works. There's the, that I like that, that it's a, that, and we talked about this as him as a sort of an unstoppable force that, you know, it's no matter what he's going to get, he's going to get through what he needs to get through to, you mm-hmm. know, his, his end goal. So he's a force of, he's more of a force of nature than a person. Um, or Dr. Loomis would, you know, just call him sort of like a supernatural being. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he really does believe he's inhuman. Um, so it kind of works like that, that ups the intensity for like who this guy is. Uh, oh, absolutely. Shape. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that works. That's great. I think uh, something that doesn't work for me is the lack of Jamie Lee Curtis in doing anything mm-hmm. engaging throughout until it isn't until she's out of her bed and running around in the last, I don't know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe 25. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, she's, that I got that I got excited about it. I mean, yeah. like I said, there was things I liked. Cool, ki- certain kills were cool, but I mean, to me, it doesn't get good until there's some real threat. You know, where she, we need her, we need her to survive. You know, and um, she is running for her life and working toward that. Um, so, but like the fact that she's sort of sidelined the whole time, while all these other things happen to all these other people. I mean, I guess that's most of the the first movie too. She doesn't do much until. She absolutely has to at the end, you know? But yeah. It's almost like I want to see more of her. She's the one that survived. She's the one that killed him twice um, before he, she's rescued by Donald Pleasance, you know? Right. Um, in the first one. So, um, and it's probably just my more modern sensibility that just wanted to see more of her doing stuff mm-hmm. versus like laying there. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, again, she, she was a star by this point, uh, although obviously she had a lot bigger movies to come throughout the 80s um you know her name was skyrocketing and you know you expect her to kind of be all over the movie like she is in the first one and she's really because they kind of push that character laurie's character into a corner of what are you going to do with her she's in she's wounded she's incapacitated in the hospital also not knowing that well i, I mean i guess she knows he's out there but you know she's she's messed up. So what are you going to do with that character? I know she's sort of locked into the continuity of the story, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, you know that that's I guess that's one of the troublesome parts of it. Like so, so if it was a fast forward, you know she could be at full strength and full health and taking care of business. But this is just you know this is the circumstance of the story. So I don't know. It's just. It's, I, I it's explained. I mean, it makes sense. I'm not doubting the logic, but um, all these like nobodies in the movie, other than Donald Pleasance, I'm like I don't care about anybody and what they're doing. And then they all just sort of die, like yeah, without any kind of I don't know. None of nobody has a fighting chance, or nobody even puts up a fight. I mean, until until Laurie Strode, like right. Uh, well, well, that's and and that's part of the. Um... Part of the problem of, of what's going on all over the horror genre is that it's a dumbing down of the characters. It's really, you know, these characters are, you know, kind of mindless and, you know, they're making the same mistakes movie after movie after movie. Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of logic, logic problems in this one, like with the 
you know, the, the police obviously know that Michael is still out there uh, and they don't, you know, and they know Lori's in the hospital. They don't assign somebody to watch her door. They don't uh, try to protect <laughs> her more. Right. That's true. <laughs> Uh, they point. don't alert anybody at the hospital of like really what she's been through other than, you know, what they kind of heard. Mm, that's true. Right, right, right. <laughs> even, yeah. Even the guard at the hospital, uh, Mr. Oh, Garrett, yeah. he's just like not interested really at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Like that the, considering like how insane that uh, Lori's uh, story is that uh, all these murders happen. She's the lone survivor, this and that, like he's stalked her. And then the cops are all over the place. And then even by the end of the search for Michael, after the sheriff's daughter had been killed or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, the, the one of the cops was just sort of doubting the doctor, doubting Donald Pleasance, like uh, that, you know, uh, it, it was almost like he was tired of it. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like they weren't they weren't into it. And then no one's going to buy it. But the guy's on the loose. He killed seven people. And then <laughs> and it just it kept going. Like, I don't know. It's... Well, and they're all blaming Dr. Loomis. They're like, nobody is, is hearing that, hey, this guy's been warning us. Maybe we yeah. should, you know, let him help us and listen to him about how, what we can do here. They're just they're just blaming him and angry at him. Yeah. But as we saw in the original movie, it was basically what, like a bus crash, and they all and people escaped, including Michael. Like it wasn't like anyone was let out, right? No, it was. Sort of- yeah, he he escaped. Yeah, yeah. There was he. Uh, you can. It's insinuated that he probably possibly caused this, you know, accident that that opened the the front gate of the uh, the sanitarium that he was in. Yeah, and uh, and he escapes. He he you know, is able to trick Loomis and get away in his car. And that's how he gets over to Haddonfield. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It's a, uh, do you think um, like Loomis's like obsession with, with Michael, like it, it seems to be intensified in this one. I mean, he was, he had that, he had that obsession, that singular notion, but the fact that he sees him, as this inhuman character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to see him as that inhuman character. The fact that he gets shot all those times. I mean, should should we have been listening to Loomis all this time? I mean, it looks like we should have been, right? They, oh, yeah, all, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I think Donald Pleasance is great in this movie. I mean, yeah. he's, yeah, he's a lot more manic and uh, intense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. kind of rightfully so. I mean, he's been trying to warn everybody and stop exactly this from happening yeah and no one's listening and i think i think it makes sense for the character that he would uh behave the way he's behaving and and even at some certain times he seems calmer than he should right yeah it's um well the funny thing is like toward the in the climax where they get to the hospital and laurie's on the outside of the hospital trying to get in Mm -hmm. and i mean Again, once she was out of her bed, I was fully invested in what's going on on the screen. Like this is it. Like she's got to survive. I don't I I I don't know if she's going to make it me as a viewer. I don't know. I, this is like this is intense. I hope she makes it. Then she's locked on the outside. He's coming for her outside. She's banging on the door for I think 7 minutes. <laughs> like and someone's down the hall and finally notices. Yeah. Um 
can't get in. And then, and then Michael's on the outside, and then he just walks through the glass. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a great moment. I was yeah. like, that solidifies. I mean, the fact that we that we've seen him get shot six times, and and then he's gonna get shot more. Like, but the fact that like this door that she can't get through, she's banging on doing everything she can. And he doesn't put any effort into just walking through it. Mm-hmm. That was truly, that was a great terrifying moment. That was perfect. That I really, think, really worked for me. I think they do a, a pretty good job of keeping that, you know, Michael Myers is the, it represents ultimate evil. That's what he is. He's just a faceless evil entity. Yeah. And it's re- he's relentless and he won't stop until he gets whatever he's looking for. And I think they did a good job of capturing that of, you know, evil is is everywhere. And, uh, you know, that's what they're saying. It's like he's that's why he can operate in broad daylight and people don't see him. Nobody can stop him. He just makes it through. He's literally just within eyesight and still be able to uh, maneuver around. Yeah. Without being spotted. I mean, the, the scene where he's in the nursery which I, I had forgotten about that. Uh, and he's watching through the glass, seeing the two, I think two of the nurses talking. And then, yeah. you know, you cut to the other side and you're looking at them and you can just see his outline through the window. Mm-hmm. And you see him just kind of watch and then turn and walk away. Yeah. Uh, I think they did a great job with that. So that that's definitely something that works. I think very well for me in this one, even even with the different you know different actor playing uh, playing Michael. I think that the tone of it was the same. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's not all in just the performance, but it's in it's how it's shot and and how you present it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I, uh, and 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 I think the characters themselves um, were able to keep that continuity as well. You know, Laurie obviously is kind of almost out of her mind with with everything <laughs> you know fear anxiety paranoia excitement every you know a lot of different things and shock most of all and uh yeah you are kind of waiting for her most of the movie to to do something i mean she's she's barely has any dialogue and is just kind of uh, you know present for a, a lot of scenes but not really doing anything till the end yeah. Um, and you're definitely still rooting for her. And Donald Pleasance as as Loomis is uh, very, you know, his I think I think his performance is uh, I think his performance works throughout all of the movies, whether the movies themselves do or not is a different story. Right. OK. And even and even Charles Cyphers, uh, who's, you know, one of John Carpenter's, you know, character actors in a lot of his early movies is great as as Sheriff Brackett and and he's you know still trying to help Loomis until he sees that his daughter has been killed and then he's he's out of the movie and that's that's the last we see of Sheriff Brackett you don't even hear anything about him till part four yeah it's funny it it makes sense in terms of if this was one like one full movie between the two parts that that's when he would dip out because he's got he He's the, he can't do anything now. His daughter's mm-hmm. been killed. He's got to take care of that. But yeah, like it, it is like he comes back for this film. You only see him in those couple scenes, and then he's out, and it's mm-hmm. gone. You know, and it makes sense. Um, uh, I was I was happy that he came back. Like that was yeah. 
that was cool. The fact that they had to just like recreate it to that night. I mean, the, the same house and the same mm-hmm. setup and the running through. I'm assuming South Pasadena for like half of the yeah parts uh, of it. I think it was. I want to say some of it's like Granada Hills and it's it's uh, it, it's all over like the eastern way eastern part of Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it was cool to see those people back. And I mean, giving. Um, I think, but but another thing for me that I think the things that don't work, like giving. I think what doesn't work for me is basically everyone who's brand new to this movie uh, is not giving any is not given anything to do. Uh, that right. that that the consequence of their murders, <clears throat> and then we you were you were mentioning that it's just sort of like. It doesn't really matter. You don't really care about these characters. Mm-hmm. Other, other than like Nurse Alves. Um, you love who, Gloria Gifford, don't you? I love Gloria Gifford. And it's the thing is like she because you already based on every other character. It's like, you know who she is. Like she's <clears throat> she's the boss. She takes yeah. care of shit. She knows her shit. She's, and then the fact that she gets like the most probably one of the most terrorizing deaths you can give somebody like, yeah. She knows she's gonna bleed out. Like, well, it's a long, torturous death, and uh, whereas most of the others are, might be extremely painful, but they're relatively quick. Yeah, and then she, so she gets this cool off-screen death. Like, it's a cool, uh, cool death, but it's off-screen, and it's, it's like none of these characters get something that good, mm-hmm. and it is like it's and it's agree, it's sort of egregious with um, the nurse and the dude and the hot tub and. You know, just how titillating the whole thing is, and then it mm-hmm. turns into, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, um, it turns into like a murder fest, and it's, it's it's sort of just like here's an excuse to show nudity and all of that, and mm-hmm. it almost it doesn't really work because it it obviously is a response to like the other sexy things you see in these other slasher films, mm-hmm. um, or and then as people have said, this is more of a splatter film in terms of its gore content. Yeah, um, which I guess makes a lot of sense uh, for what it is, but I don't know. I, 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 Mrs. Uh, Nurse Alves was like the the one with the most to offer, and doesn't get get that thing, and mm-hmm. then she's just dead, like off screen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's a bummer. And then everyone else, like, they're just kind of they're the just a bunch of dopes that just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Nope. Nobody even tries to like whack Michael over the head with a fire extinguisher or do. No, anything there's never, to... there's never, no, there's never a like fighting back with Michael in this one. Yeah. And I, as much as I don't know, I think that's a flaw. I think, I think you need, even though he might be an unstoppable force, I, I kind of want a couple of attempts to survive. And there, there weren't, it. there was nothing that like, any of these characters could do and it's just sort of like yeah well, they're helpless they're they're helpless and i don't care about them so the tension of it all is just isn't there it just kind of it kind of sucks so yeah that's yeah that's, and, and let's talk about the elephant in the room should so, any of these people actually be working in a hospital <laughs> aren't these the most reckless people you've ever seen <laughs> you've got the one <laughs> The one nurse who leaves all the babies unguarded, unwatched overnight so she can have this romp in the hot tub with uh, with Bud, played by Leo Rossi. Yeah. Uh, you know, just irresponsible, you know, oh my God, these 
this has got to be the the worst hospital. This is like the naked gun of hospitals. Well, yeah, I mean, it. I mean, honestly, it, it, that's bananas. That's just insane. Like, she would never work in a hospital in her life again if she got caught like doing that. Neither of them. Like, yeah. And then they're just gonna like take the big risk like on Halloween night with all this crazy things all these murders happened like you got to figure the hospital is probably still pretty busy <laughs> in other parts of it because clearly of all the no murders. I mean but it, I, yeah we don't really know how much of the hospital I mean we do see it as it goes on we're kind of all over the hospital especially when Lori makes her escape yeah uh, but <laughs> yeah the, it seems pretty dead I mean the parking lot's empty we just see the one kid in the beginning coming into the hospital who had bitten into a razor blade and an apple <laughs> yeah right or something yeah 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 I guess so I couldn't tell what it was he just I don't I didn't that, get that, it. yeah it was he had bitten into a razor blade I, it was either in an apple or in his Halloween candy okay so you know, and that, that old, like and that just lore. plays on the that folk, yeah, that myth, like that that, that there's light razor blades in your fruit, right? I and I and I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, are we gonna see this mother and kid again? Like, and nope. we didn't, we don't, <laughs> like, no. Nope. But there's enough attention on them. I'm like, oh, we're definitely gonna see them again. Nope, that doesn't matter. Like, it's just a way to like show you actually where Michael is. Yeah, and that that they're they're in this working hospital. Uh, yeah. when they arrive and all that. So, yeah. Um, I've uh, I've never bitten into an apple on Halloween. Don't I, I don't ha- eat fruit on Halloween. Yeah, I haven't yet, and I I, I never will. <laughs> I haven't had a piece of fruit since 1986. I'm gonna. Say, I I'll accept uh, fruit from strangers, but just not on Halloween. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense because you know yeah. someone's out to get you. Yeah, just on Halloween though. Just on Halloween, day after All Saints Day, November first. Don't even worry. It's a brand new day. Brand new day, brand new time of year. Sun's shining. Mm-hmm. The leaves are all gone. Those scary leaves blowing from the tree. Forget it. They're gone. Forget it. <laughs> uh, so, hmm. Wait, what else? What else about this dumb movie? I mean, you, the whole like first half. Of, <laughs> did you say dumb? It's not a dumb movie. It's <laughs> no, it's not dumb. That's the funny thing is that this movie is. Like, we can tear it apart, but as a whole, I think as a whole, it still works. It's still so much better than, like, 90% of the slasher movies that are out there. I haven't seen a lot of the slasher movies, but I probably, I would have to agree. If you're saying that, I have to agree, because, (laughs) man, like, this is fine. Like, this is basically fine, but I am not interested to see, like, what these other, other imitators are doing. Yeah, well, especially in the early 80s, you know, there's just, there's so, there's so many. <laughs> there's just like an endless amount. But uh, what this movie has going for it is Michael Myers. And yeah. Michael Myers is a creepy character. The, the you know, the tone of that character is kept consistent. And the fear factor of that character maintains. Whereas... I think with Jason, you're you're not afraid of Jason as these movies go on. You're rooting for Jason, and you yeah. ju- you just want to see how he's going to kill these people. Yeah, Freddy becomes an all out comedy and MTV character that you're definitely rooting for him, and and you're waiting for his one liners. And uh, Michael Myers has always been whether the movies are good or not. Uh, 
a, a frightening character. Just the thought of what he is and what he's doing and the speed at which he works uh, is is scary to people. And I think that holds. You've also got, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance are, they give 100% for their performances. I mean, they're not phoning it in, even though they could. Yeah. You know, they're, you still, I still buy what they're selling. Well, sure. I mean, Donald Pleasance is probably the, he's probably the most active character in the whole movie right i mean in terms of what's going on he's bringing it 100 percent. he believes that michael is inhuman and will destroy them all and like he can't be st- he can barely be stopped um and i feel like it's a little more pleasance's movie than jamie lee's yeah oh 100 percent. again jamie lee sits in a hospital bed flirts with this dude like and it seems like they because she knew his brother or whatever, but it seemed like I don't even know if they actually knew each other, like other than being aware of each other. And it seemed like because at first I thought, oh, they used to date or they used to know each other. And then it seemed like, no, he's just like he just thinks she's cute and like she mm-hmm. thinks he's cute and like maybe something will happen. And uh, it, I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of nothing. Well, I'm sure, you know, from her character's point of view, she's there's. Something familiar, you know, even though they're not friends, but she's friends with his brother, there's some kind of sense of familiarity, and she's kind of latching on to that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, you know, seeing him in the room, and she's, like, smiling, like, oh, uh, as though, like, oh, thank goodness you're here, kind of thing. I'm like, what is this? Like, who is this person? I don't don't get it. But, um, I don't know. It's also his character is also like a change. Of, you know, he's a, uh, basically a sweet all-American boy who is, you know, he's the first sense of kindness to her since this horrific thing has happened. So That's true, yeah. You know, I, I see her character just totally like, you know, maybe it's a little quick, but, uh, <laughs> you know, being like an hour after it's happened. But uh, I don't know if I would go around flirting with girls who had been through this trauma. Yeah, well, maybe not in today, but in the '80s, you damn well would have. You're right. Hey, you want a coke? (laughs) You don't want a coke. You want some coke? You want coke? You? (laughs) Uh, Hey, what are you doing Friday? Like, oh Jesus, (laughs) what are you doing Friday? (laughs) I hope I'm out of the hospital by then. Me too. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I definitely want to hang out with you. I definitely want to go to the movies with you. Because if you're not, it's over. <laughs> Do you, hey, you want to go steady? Uh, <laughs> I'm in a hospital bed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. The um, Let's talk about the other uh, interesting twist on the movie. There's an interesting twist? Well, the whole, the big reveal. What do you think about the big reveal? Oh, about the familial relationship between yes. Larry and yeah. Michael? It seemed... And I remember you told me this, that didn't they actually try to incorporate it in the original movie and then didn't? Well, here's what they did. No, it wasn't in the original movie. But what they did was while they were filming Halloween 2, they are getting Halloween ready to air on television. They end up, you know, censoring and cutting out so much of it that running time, the running time is too short. So they needed to... They decided to shoot some additional scenes to add back into Halloween 1 for its television premiere. So it would have the correct running time. 
Okay. So they they add a couple of scenes. One is Donald Pleasance at a. It's all flashbacks. Um, you know, set after he's murdered his sister, but before the you know the rest of the movie takes place. Uh, where Loomis is in a hearing where he's you know saying they should they they have to keep Michael locked up forever and never let him out. And then there's another scene where he's in Michael's room with him, and Michael's like a teenager, and he looks, and Michael has drawn his like family. I think he had drawn his. It's been a while since I watched this version, but he had drawn his family, and I think he like crossed out, you know, or I don't remember if he crossed them out, but it's like the mother, father, his older sister, and then a younger sister. Ah, okay. It's okay. kind of set. That was meant to like set up the reveal in part two that the reason he's going after her is because she's his other sister. I see. Interesting. Huh. That's right. I remember you telling me all about that. But it's... So they, they added that later. Was Carpenter involved in those added scenes or anything like that? I'm, ass- I'm assuming he was. Or Yeah, yeah. He was involved with it, yeah. Um, were the scenes that we see them of the young girl as Lori and the young Michael, like, were they part of that... that Halloween one TV cut or anything or are they no no that's that so so it's no you like, don't actually see a, like a young Lori in Halloween one oh, okay got it um, but like that they actually meet each other at a certain point yeah <laughs> like, uh, it's, yeah so there's some continuity uh, issues there but uh, that's yeah. they're at least trying to give it a reason and and they you know bring Nancy Stevens back. And she kind of tells Loomis that they had been hiding information from him, and um, I don't know. What is, does that storyline does that does that work? It seems like it seems kind of pointless for what the movie is, but I guess adding that extra thing because it doesn't it doesn't it just adds information, but doesn't really. There's nothing else there. Like, oh, he killed his one sister, and now he's coming back for his other sister. But like, right. why is he killing any of his sisters at this point? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, you know, well, it, it was... and they do, they, they, they kind of touch on the the Sam Hain, the you know, the cult aspect, which they definitely explore in later movies. To me, it's more terrifying that she is chosen by Michael and not like because she's his sister, like that she, that basically he would stalk someone. And become she becomes the target. Like we don't know what would happen if he killed Laurie, right? Like we don't, mm-hmm. you don't, you can't. Like it's not like would he just stop killing people, or would he just continue? Would he be indiscriminate? Because he's indiscriminate about who he kills before he gets to Laurie, right? Um, even though, so she's the target. So it's just kind of like I think it's more terrifying as of an idea that he chose her because she was in his house, and. Um, not because yeah, and like really none of these other murders count for anything. It's just it has to be her. Yeah, like she's the end goal, and that's what the reboot kind of sits on. And I'm sure that's what these sequels sit on. With like she is always the end goal for him. Um, but I didn't see the movie where she actually dies in the first five minutes. Oh, and like we don't, we <laughs> won't even. Yeah, is that seven? That's that's eight. Eight Halloween Jeez. Resurrection. Okay. Which is funny because that movie is directed by Rick Rosenthal, who comes back to the oh, wow. uh, franchise for that. We should talk about, by the way, let's should we talk about all the different continuities here that um, starts to happen? There's like four different, entirely different continuities for the Halloween franchise. I I thought there was like two. 
There's four? <laughs> no, there's a whole bunch. Okay, get right. ready. Okay. Buckle up. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the original uh, installment was obviously one and two, right? That's sure. the story of Michael and Laurie Strode. Yeah. Which is, you know, in theory concluded at the end of this movie. We all know that they attempt to make Halloween 3 as a new kind of... Uh, they want to make it an anthology style of story, so every year they'll release a Halloween movie, but it's about something different every year. That was the plan. Okay. Halloween 3 was such a failure at the time because it didn't include Michael Myers that there was a very negative reaction, and they panicked. And instead of just coming up with a really good idea for the next Halloween, they went back to what worked and brought Michael Myers back. Okay. So now we're talking 1988. By this point, Jamie Lee Curtis is a major, major star yeah. and is not coming back to this franchise. Yeah. So they have killed Laurie Strode off. You know, in between movies, there was a car accident. And she's dead. And now it's about her, her daughter, who's being raised by, you know, the rest of the Strode family and Michael's return, as well as Dr. Loomis's return, his <laughs> Amazing return after being blown up at the end of Halloween Cause, 2. Because he dies at the end of Halloween 2, right? They like, are both dead. dead at the end of Halloween 2. Absolutely. That's a, a, a huge explosion. Um, and they're both dead. But yeah. that is undone with Halloween 4. That they are alive. So, uh, And then that the 4, 5, and 6 are sort of a trilogy of Loomis and Myers, Michael Myers and, and the cult that that is the reason he exists and, and is continuing. Um, they get worse progressively. Halloween 5 is particularly bad. 6 is awful. Um, <laughs> but then you've got H2O in 1998, which marks the return of not only Jamie Lee Curtis to the franchise, but also John Carpenter and Wes Craven as a producer. And, and there's, um, you know, you're kind of a, a mix of all the elements are, are in it for that movie. Yeah. So obviously with her return to the franchise, that sort of undoes parts four, five, and six. So now you've got one, two, seven. So you've got one, two, three, four, uh, or sorry, one, two, four, five, six, right? That's one one root yeah then you've got one two seven and eight and an eight laurie's in an, for uh, for no reason that we know of she's in an insane asylum michael you know catches her and kills her in the opening sequence boom oh spoiler God. alert jesus terrible movie horrible directed by rick rosenthal uh so there's also a case so you've got one two seven and eight as another potential root or continuity. That's three. That's three. But then you've also, there are people who make a case that you can just do one, two, and eight as a continuity because hmm. it's as if she went crazy permanently after part two. Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. now we catch her in part eight. So there's three. Sure. Now, with this new Halloween that came out last year, that was a very clear continuity. It was very publicly acknowledged that. They don't care about any of the other sequels. It is Halloween 1 and this new one. That's it. That's it, yeah. So there is a fourth continuity. It's like alternate realities here. It's fine. I mean, you can't you can't have Spock travel back to the future and all ever, make everyone realize they're in an alternate 
alternate future timeline. Sure I mean, you can't, <laughs> I think we just have to assume at all times there is a time traveling Vulcan who mm-hmm. alters the continuity that yeah. we don't we don't see. But does um <clears throat> is do they does Spock live in Haddonfield? Yeah, yeah, he becomes the mayor. <laughs> He's the mayor that we don't see. <laughs> he he bought the the minor league baseball team that is housed there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, he 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 lives a, a very fruitful life in the eighties and nineties in Haddonfield. Yeah, <laughs> and he directs uh, Three Men and a Baby, so Spock had it going on. Spock, Spock was busy. He had a fine life. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I, to be honest, I'm fine with the most updated timeline. Uh, just one, one, and this new one. I'm fine with Halloween, and then Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the rumor is that Halloween Kills is going to be set in, you guessed it, Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. No shit. Tell me, yep. it's a, tell me it's a direct sequel, like direct same night. I I don't know that for sure, but the, that's what the rumor Get is. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll get to see Nurse Alves again and and Jimmy yeah. and Bud the EMTs. Yeah, maybe they're all there. They get to they get to get a reboot here. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I mean, you know, having everyone in an enclosed space. I mean, that's the that's the formula, right? Like you said, you get mm-hmm. you get it like Crystal Lake. It's a camp. They're all trapped yep. there. You know, they're all yep. everyone's. Yep, I think I get it. I get it. A good setting, you know, does a hell of a lot for these horror movies, and and I think. I think it is. I think for this one, it was a it was a good uh, place to set it. Yeah, I think it works. I guess so. Yeah, I think it. I think that is a good idea. I don't mm-hmm. know if execution wise, it worked. Just because I wanted more from everyone we met. Um, I mean, honestly, I was bored through like half of this movie. I mean, for, or most of it. I think it's boring. I don't. I don't get it. Again, I'm watching it for the first time in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't ever need to see it again, but I don't think it's really that. I don't think it's that bad. I just think I'm I'm just bored by it. I there's uh, there's more that I wish could be done, but again, again, it's from this lens of the future. Um, yeah, but well, you know, like we said, I think it's really just trying to keep up with uh, everybody else at that point. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's really what's going on. And and uh, John Carpenter kind of steps back in once the movie's in post. He saw Rick Rosenthal's cut and wasn't happy with it, so he went in and reshot some of the scenes and retweaked a few things and put a little bit more of his stamp on it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't... It's hard to tell. I, I don't think anyone's ever seen Rosenthal's cut. I'm curious to see what it was. Um, the I think final there's some, cut tension between the two of them at the time over it and yeah. Rosenthal wasn't happy at all. Yeah, of course. He's hired to direct. He directs this movie and then, you know, Carpenter comes in and changes it. Like no one's going to he's not going to be happy mm-hmm. with that. Uh regardless of his producer status, you know. So, but uh yeah, the Rosenthal yeah. cut. But what know. what works what works best for Michael Myers and and Halloween in general is less is more, and that was so apparent in the first movie that there's so much that you don't see and your imagination just takes it, yeah. and that's the real frightening thing. Halloween two, you're seeing a lot more, you're seeing more of the gore, you're seeing more of the kills. There's more kills to be to be seen. Yeah. Um. So it's you know some of that magic is gone, but again. 
you know, having seen all of them, this is definitely some of the better, the the best of the sequels. Okay. Well, great. So I can't wait to do more more of these <laughs> bullshit movies. That doesn't mean there's not fun to be had in the other movies. I doubt right? it. Uh, yeah. No, there's no fun to be had. I'm sure. Of it. <laughs> All right, should we talk a little? Uh, should we talk a little box office? Yeah, bo. Sure. Talk Cash a little money? bo. Yeah. How did this? How did Halloween two do at the box office? So, uh, the budget was a lot higher than the three hundred and fifty million, or sorry, three hundred and fifty thousand dollar <laughs> budget they had for the first movie. Sure. Uh, it is two point five million on this one. So, yeah. you know, they could do things like light people on fire and blow you know rooms and buildings up yeah uh yeah lots more goes on like uh you know i'm sure there were nicer sandwiches at the craft service table i think there were uh nicer hotel stays yeah you could get a pastrami on this one. Oh, there's a pastrami there's some uh, there's some garlic aioli before aioli oh. was even a thing it was there did they have that in 1981 <laughs> i don't think aioli was a thing <laughs> It's just mayonnaise, <laughs> but but yeah, no, the uh, lot, yeah, lot more to shot, do, right? Yeah, oh yeah, uh, they shot the film in the spring of 1981, and it, it is released on October 30th, 1981. That is a very short turnaround, and and uh, in fact, what that what day is today? Um, October 30th, 2000. There you go. Oh my God, what? It's an anniversary. It's a what? Uh, 28th anniversary. 28th anniversary? 38th anniversary. <laughs> 38th anniversary. Oh, boy. Um, Feels like 28. Yeah, I mean, I'm 28 years old because, uh, yeah, I'm young <laughs> uh, and I haven't seen these movies back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. This is the number five, uh, number five box office wise of the franchise. Oh, of the, of the amount it, uh, of money? Is, oh, oh, boy. Of, of yes. For for the box office, for the amount of money it made, uh, it, it uh, which, by the way, it made 7.4 opening weekend. Uh, it had a domestic run of $25.5 million, and worldwide was about $39 million grand total. $39 so, And that's all, I think, before home video and video rentals so they're they're uh they're pulling in the money here bing bang boom lots of cash coming in people like the murders yeah. people like the masks <laughs> people like jamie lee curtis just it's, in a bed uh, for most of the movie <laughs> for, with a really nice looking wig yeah a really glorious long-haired wig yeah you can, <laughs> it doesn't look fake at all yeah she had she had cut her hair that that uh standard jamie lee curtis short-haired look by this point so i see Time for a wig for this one. Uh, but yeah, so this is the number five of the Halloween franchise, kind of right right in between Halloween 8, believe it or not, and 4. Hmm, okay. So unfortunately, Halloween 8 did uh, outrank this one from a, a money standpoint, at least for, uh, yeah, as far as the money stuff goes. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it, it is the... Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no. Keep. I, I want to know... What else about the money? Gimme. <laughs> it's uh, number 28 of 1981. So it did crack the top 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of right between Modern Problems. That's the Chevy Chase classic. And Only When I Laugh, which I am not familiar with that one. So oh, I don't know that one. But 1981, big year. Can you name a couple of movies that came out that year? 
Oh, wow. You're flipping this around. <laughs> I flipped it right oh, over. Oh, my God. You. What else came out in 1981? Oh, my God. Big movie. Big movie. Big movies? Let's see. Um, was there a re-release of uh, Bambi? Uh, <clears throat> Probably. That was every year. <laughs> that was... Um, Oh my God! What the? Sh- I don't even know what came out in '81. Um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah, oh, Raiders! That the the launching Boom. the launching movie of the greatest franchise ever. The, <laughs> the launching movie of the greatest franchise ever. <laughs> I mean, Raiders, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Superman two came out that year. Uh huh. Superman two. You you love us. You love a little Superman two, don't I you? I love the Richard Donner cut. He's he's fantastic. Which that was the number one movie. Uh, yeah, it? but no, Raiders was number one, right? Uh, Raiders was definitely number one. <clears throat> I think. Uh, wait, wait. No, I, no. It was you and I. We watched. Didn't we watch? Stripes. We watched Stripes that year, or not that year, but you and I recently watched Stripes, Stripes and so- I feel like Stripes was eighty one. Stripes was 81. Mm-hmm. Yep, very good. Ha ass. Yeah, so a lo- lot of big movies. Uh, this was not uh, among the highest of them, but yeah. for, for what it cost, it was very successful. Yeah. It uh, People enjoyed it. The, the reaction was good. Mm-hmm. And it did continue the... Uh, the franchise, although three would take it, you know, off in a different direction. We'll cover that next year. <sighs> Get excited. You don't have to. When we cover Halloween oh, three okay. season of the witch, All right. yeah, you know, I'll, I'll probably be there for that. Don't even, <laughs> you'll be there. Oh, God, where's Brent? <laughs> Brent can handle it. <laughs> he's he's on his way back. He's just texting me. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah, I, I I don't know this this movie. I would say, I would say this is my number three of the Halloween franchise. I, I like the first, the original, obviously, hands down. That's the best yeah. uh, on everybody's scale. I'll go ahead and say that. Uh-huh. Uh, then I I like the I like the remake. I had problems, a few problems with it, but for the most part, I liked it. Yeah. Um, there was stuff they lifted that I wish they didn't, mm. but uh, I thought it it, it flowed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it worked. Mm-hmm. And then this one is right there after it. There you go. Uh, for me, I can have fun with this movie. There it is. Uh, I think for me, I just I'll put the remake as my number one, and then I'll put Halloween, and then I'll put Halloween two. Uh, that's wait. You're putting the remake as your number one, or the, the reboot, or the or the reboot sequel. <laughs> you think the reboot is better than the original? I mean, I had a lot. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Yeah, I had a lot more fun on that. I mean, you know, it's modern. It's 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 modern. It's fun. It's great. <laughs> it's like. I'm I'm about to throw something right through this studio, right through the 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 six inches of glass that divide us. You, only Michael Myers could break through that glass. You That's you true. do not have his strength and unhumanness. Uh, no, it's, I mean, <clears throat> little did you know, as as a Halloween gift to you, I uh, I let Michael Myers out and I just let him on the studio. Lot. Oh, it's so, so great! He's on the lot. We'll have to see where he ends running up. around. The Laurie Strode isn't here, so I don't know what he's doing here. It, maybe she is. What have you done? She's not. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done to us? She's not. But Doctor Loomis is running around. If you if you uh, listen close, you can hear him yelling, Just screaming, screaming all the time the with his gun. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't have a special affinity to all this. So, I mean, obviously, 
the sequel or the sequel reboot from 2018 rides a, a lot on not just the original but as like the sort of legacy of all the 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 10 the eight movies 10 movies that came after um and uh it it rides that really high so it and it's really enjoyable mm-hmm. i think the, the thrills are there halloween 2 doesn't have the amount of thrills and chills uh halloween mm-hmm. has some definitely works um, but on you know, if I had to compare them, I mean, I'm gonna go with something a little more exciting and thrilling and fun. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's me. But who cares? I mean, it's all it's, and those are the these are the only three Halloween movies I've seen: Halloween, Halloween, yep. and Halloween Two, in that order. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're learning something new every uh, every few months. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so I can't. I you know I'm barely gonna tune in for Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Uh, that should be a 25-minute episode when we get there. You know what? People really enjoy that movie now. They It, it was it got shit on for so many years, and now people really love it. So I'm sure there's some I'm actually looking forward to covering that one. I've never seen it all the way through. Wow, so you turned it up. Something to look forward to. You walk out of the room when you, before it's over. Yeah. You can't. No Myers, no diner. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> no Myers, no <laughs> diner. That's, that's, that's the hard um, and fast rule. I do want to plug real quick before we we wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. On if you go on Twitter, mm. someone awesome. has set up Twitter accounts under all the characters from the not only the Halloween franchise but the Friday the Thirteenth franchise and Silver Bullet. This is so you can, someone Jesus. is hilarious and has uh, created these characters. I mean, you've got. Sheriff Brackett, you've got Nurse Alves, you've got Dr. Loomis, uh, Sergeant Hunt, who kind of replaces Sheriff Brackett in part two. Uh, You've got all the nurses and all the police officers and all the camp counselors from Friday the 13th. It's kind of amazing. They've got a whole thread of continuity about local town politics and they're cross-pollinating all the franchises. So it's as if Haddonfield, Illinois and you know, uh, whatever New Jersey, Christ, you know, where Crystal Lake is, are like neighboring towns. So they're the characters are interacting with each That's other, insane. and it's hilarious. That's insane. It's is, it's hilarious. Is one person follow these guys, and is one person running all of the accounts for all these movies through all this? I don't. Who knows? But it, it's really it's totally enjoyable and a lot of fun. That's all. And the, and the characters of Silver Bullet jump in there as well. So, <laughs> Well, that'd be interesting. Do you have any at accounts that you can name uh, uh, to get us started? Uh, like at? Uh, yeah. You, yeah. There's at, at Deputy Hunt. Uh-huh. Uh, let me see where Sheriff Brackett is. Uh, I think it's just at all the character names. Sergeant. Oh, and yeah. yeah. And just, yeah. Give it a shot. It's uh, a good time. Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. That would be at Crazy Ralph 1980. Okay. Uh, give, that a, give that a try and uh, enjoy it, guys. Enjoy right, it. you got to check that out. Interesting. Yeah. I like cop. And while you're at it. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, here's Sheriff Ben Meeker, who is uh, who replaces Sheriff Brackett in parts four and five. He's at Meeker Sheriff. Okay. All right. Yeah. Get, just uh, look that yeah. one up. I'm gonna... Check that out. <laughs> <These> <laughs> and they just the newest one is 
Bud Scarlatti. That is Bud, the EMT from Halloween 2, now has his own Twitter account. Uh, be sure to follow him. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Online. So, uh, all right. Uh, like- and while you're at it, you should uh, you should check out our Twitter account. It's at Reconcinimation Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And, uh, you, you know, hop on iTunes or whatever it is now. It's not iTunes anymore. It's gone. But uh, track us down and give us a, a five-star rating and a review, and it always helps us uh, get a, get the show out there a little bit more. Great. Yeah, no, please, please uh, reach out. Let's talk. Let's go. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Rate us on iTunes. I like that. Give us, give us that attention. We love it. But otherwise, we're making the show for you. Have fun with it. Enjoy. Tell your friends. Yeah. Just and you, I know, I know, I know. David's uh, thankful that we're coming out of the Halloween, but oh, uh, the Halloween, you know, month and out of horror movies. But we've got, you know, one more night to go. So everyone, uh, have a happy Halloween yeah. and a safe Halloween. Everyone, be careful, you know, and watch out where you're going. Look out for any Michael Myerses that may be uh, running around. Keep your eyes open. Yeah. And, Always look for your Sheriff Brackets and your Deputy Hunts. For sure. Be careful out there uh, and stay safe. Protect each other and uh, look out for Lori. Yeah. You know, SaveLori.com. Yeah. Help her out if you can. Hashtag SaveLori. Hashtag Beware the Shapes. <laughs> 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 um. uh, and, uh, you know, as we wrap it up, I just want to say uh, this episode is dedicated to... Uh, we're going to dedicate this to Ben Tramer. Uh, as you know, Ben Tramer was a, a, high, he was a, a football star at Haddonfield High, uh, a party enthusiast. You know, he was uh, he had a, a burgeoning relationship with Lori, and his whole life was ahead of him. And unfortunately, we've lost Ben Tramer uh, dead at 17 while wearing a mask. Hopefully, it, uh, hopefully things change in the reboot for him, and he's going to be showing yeah. up at the <laughs> maybe, hospital. Maybe it'll all work out. Yeah, it'll all work. So we will see. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, we will. Uh, thanks for joining us for Halloween two and all month long. All of our uh, our our Shocktober fest this month: uh, Silver Bullet, Tremors, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and now Halloween two. And we will see you next time on Reconcinimation. Bye now. <laughs>